Welcome to another inspirational message from Liberty Church in Omaha, Nebraska. to be excited, like you were at this watermelon seed spitting contest last Sunday. It was the high point of the picnic, and we thought we had a winner in Rick, and he even did a victory dance, and we had a guest. Now, there was a large gap between Rick's seed and everybody else, like who could top that? This guest, bless his heart, <laughs> beat him by about four inches. So uh, Rick's gone into training because we'll do it again in, April, uh, in August and uh, we'll, we'll be ready for it. Oh, please. <laughs> you know, Wednesday night, we've been teaching on the Holy Spirit what it is to be filled with him, led by him taught by him, and how to use the gift, that's plural, gifts, he's given each one of us. And so uh, not only do, have we had an increase in words of knowledge and words of wisdom, but Wednesday night we had our first message in tongues with interpretation. The dam is broke. Because oh, yeah. you'll find all through Corinthians, first and second, they're all being instructed how to live in this spirit-led life. That's why they put uh, between 12 and 14 are the most uh, defining chapters about it. And right in the middle of it, they put chapter 13, which is the love chapter. So as we grow as a church in love, the love of God and demonstrate it to people, then all those other gifts that make you individually who you are are going to come to blossom. And even this morning, I was given a word, and it was about... If your storm hasn't moved yet, don't think you're by yourself. God is all around it so you don't get flooded or defeated, and you'll get through it. Which goes with the scripture I have today in Revelations 2. The, Jesus evaluates the Ephesus church. And he says, I know your work, I know your labor, and he says, I know your patience. The word patience is like a military word where you get a where you dig in and you're not backing up. No matter the onslaught coming, you're prepared. You're not going to give up ground. Because God will get you through it. Isn't that good? Yeah. Now, today I want to encourage you all. We're going to have communion at the end of the service. It's one of the things we do as Christians that pretty much every group that says they're a Christian does. Because it says, Jesus said to do this in remembrance of me. In the early church, Corinthian church, Ephesus Church, communion was a big deal because not only were you saying, I identify with the, the death and resurrection of Jesus, but it was also my chance to identify myself with you. That we all are on the same playing field. Okay? And uh, I grew up Catholic, most of you know that, and right, wrong, whatever, that's just how I grew up. And in so doing, I was always inferred to me that. Catholics get into heaven first, and then if there's any room for the Protestants, 
They're the ones get the cabins out in glory land out there in the suburbs. We're getting mansions. We were just always inferred that we were better, that we were really Christians. And if I ask a person, uh, oh, we moved in our house we're at now some 20 years ago, and uh, first thing my next door neighbor said, we're Methodist. They must have heard I was a minister. <laughs> he had to travel. First thing she said, I'm Methodist. Okay. Okay, then I'm, I'm Lutheran. I'm Baptist. The biggest thing is you want to be a Christian. But the word Christian has to mean something. It can't just be a covering, a token. No different than when we say amen on something. Are you really saying amen? That means so be it in my life when it comes out my mouth. I'm going to be accountable to walk in it. And so I want to use the word the Lord gave me about two weeks ago in prayer that I was supposed to study out. I want to give it to you today because it will help us in our walk. No matter your age, again, I'm not the youngest person here. Not even the oldest, but I am 68. What am I going to do with the next 30, 40 years of my life? Am I going to just roll over and play dead and be a Christian and put my back end in a pew and just do the Christian thing? Or am I going to be a Christian? That means I'll preach the gospel. I'll preach the gospel. Well, you're preaching. and No, 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 no. Jesus said we were to preach or share the gospel of the kingdom. It is very important that we, in our casual conversations, talk kingdom. Well, I'm a Christian. Okay. Then you're supposed to talk Christian. Now you're also supposed to lay hands. According to Scripture, you have power working within you. Amen? That means in your hands, he says, you can lay hands on the sick and they'll get healed. Most recent outrageous time... Uh, girl's going to get her knee operated. She's a waitress. And I'm sitting here and she gave me a hug and I just patted her on her knee. She got instantly healed. No operation necessary. All that's been repaired. X-ray to X-ray. No operation. That wasn't a church service. There was no organ playing. No, I was just being a Christian. Just being a Christian. So you also cast out demons and if you run into one, you know exactly what they are and you cast them out. But see, the word the Lord gave me to study was disciple a disciple now in coaching trees let's say you uh, played for John Wooden at UCLA years ago when they won every national championship he graduated a bunch of players they also had coaches and they were disciples of Wooden his style uh, the coach of the New England Patriots the Patriots way they are students of it the word disciple means this Discipline, pupil, and learner. It, walking with Jesus should be an education every day. Every day you, 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 a word, that's why we're in Promise 22, to get proverb of the day, you'll find a verse in there, and he can expound it and show you and use it in your day. Okay? It says in Matthew chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, the disciples not greater than the master. So it's important that you're studying him. Not churchy ways. Study him. What is he like? How does he do it? Listening, paying attention. 
one of the things that have got me to where I have in the ministry is because I learn, I watch, I pay attention all the time. Best thing to do is be an usher. You position yourself. You don't miss a thing. But then also brought me around great men of God in this day and age. Uh, I never thought when I was just married with Deborah and we're in a little rental home, 932 square feet, that I'd get a chance to meet some of the incredible men of God, women of God that I have and travel for the Lord. I, I, that was inconceivable back then. But I was a disciple. Jesus went to the wedding, remember? He made the wine. But also said, and his disciples. He hadn't done a miracle yet, but he had students following him already. Now I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to be able to love my wife better, love my family, my grandkids better. I want to do better at loving y'all, even if I don't even if I don't even compete in the spitting contest, I might this next time, just, just for the seed of it. Anyhow, it is important that we grow. It says, they knew we were Christian because we had love one for another. Now, the apostles had signs and wonders following them, but the great thing to the community is something about those people who take communion. They love God and they love one another. Amen? Here are a couple of the disciples that I just pulled out of blue. One of his name is Joseph. He's not an apostle. He's a disciple. He happened to be a rich man. He happened to be a ruler. Yet he put all that on the line to be a disciple of Jesus. It was Joseph that went and got the body of Jesus to put in his tomb that he had for himself. Joseph Armathia. Um, I would like to have been one of the guys that lower Paul down in a basket on the city wall because it says the disciples did that. That would have been a fun night. And you're getting lowered way down in a basket. You hope those are good disciples that really do care. Okay? The one that gets me, I, I just envision it, is Ananias. The only time it's ever mentioned he's ever mentioned as a disciple is Paul is blind and now because he had an encounter with the Lord and someone's going to come pray for him that he get, might get his sight back and get him filled with the Holy Ghost, right? The only time he's mentioned, he's not an apostle. They don't call him a bishop. He's just a disciple. What I find great is that Jesus himself, now this is Acts 9, 10 through 17, Jesus himself in a vision, appears to the rank-and-file disciple. Not to, not to Peter, not to James, not to John. To a rank-and-file disciple. Chosen because this man will obey. Why is that such a big deal? Because he's going to go see the guy who's killing Christians. And says, uh, I, maybe you're not aware of this, Lord, but he's doing a lot of damage. God was very aware of it because why do you persecute me, not my people? me. So Jesus is well aware of it, but I find that he chose this guy, and he went and did it. He didn't chicken out. Rank and file disciple. That's all you ever hear of him. Isn't that cool? Now in John 13, Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. This is uh, John 13, 11 through 17. 
It's important. Jesus said, if I don't do this, you don't have a part with me. I've been in a foot washing ceremony when I was in the Catholic seminary. It is extremely embarrassing and humbling to have someone who's your leader wash your feet. When I joined FCF as a pastor, uh, the minister's leadership, uh, to have the national president wash my feet, it is humbling. But that's what it also takes is as a disciple, is a willingness to humble yourself and witness, not just to get your feet washed, but then you do the foot washing yourself. And I just say about being a disciple, it's never about you. It's always about him, obeying him, loving him, and humbling yourself. Agreed? Um, <laughs> John 15, 7 and 8 says, if the word of God abides in you, you're going to bear much fruit. A disciple bears fruit. You can't bear fruit without the word in you. So when you, when I've known Christians who go to church on Sunday, they'll hear the message, they don't open their Bible through the whole week. How can that seed be in you to bear much fruit? It's necessary that you find time to put it in. You find time to go to the bathroom during the day. You find time to eat. You find time to sleep. Putting into your daily discipline as a disciple life is a time to spend with him, to put the word in to pray. Now, I can just go and get a, work at a message. I know how to do that. But that doesn't mean I got a message from him. It means I read, you know, I, top, I took a topic, faith, love, whatever, I studied it out. It doesn't mean I got it from him. If I'm a disciple, I'm going to be a student. I'm going to be a learner of him. And he's going to lead and guide me. Amen? Because I want to bear fruit. I want to bear fruit. I don't want to take any more of my life not bearing fruit. I want to do that. Now, uh, in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, I just love this line. The apostles who were fearful. Oh, let's, where can I go with that? Oh, I'll just set it up with this. Matthew 26, when they came to arrest Jesus, and that's Matthew 26, 56, it says the apostles, his disciples, fled. They ran like cowards. Peter ends up denying him. Then Jesus raised from the dead. He tells them, go wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. The Holy Spirit fills them. They go out and they're walking to the temple, going through the gate, and they heal the man that's been there all the, all the time. Everybody knows who this guy is. He has bigger clothes on. They would issue him at the synagogue so you know who was truly a widow and you know who the poor were to help them and the sick. So they were uh, not frauds. Peter I don't have silver and gold, but such as I have, I'll give you. Do you give what you have daily to learn somehow, some way to give what's inside you that's God birthed to get it out there? Well, the boys get in trouble. They want to beat up uh, the, the 
rulers want to beat him up and want him to shut up and not preach in this name Jesus. Remember, this is just a few weeks past his crucifixion. It is a hot subject on CNN. Everybody's talking about it. Then there's rumors that he rose from the dead and they got their hands full with that. They got to squelch it down. And so they tell him, you can't do this. And Peter and John, Peter stands up and said, bam, 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 bam. From the beginning, this is what happened. And he finished with, should we obey God or should we obey you? The coward just drew a line. Now, after getting whipped a little bit, beaten, and leaving, he goes where the other disciples are. They, their prayer right there, this is a disciple prayer. Save us. We're so scared. We don't know what to do. No, 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 no. They say, grant us boldness. They went from fearful a few weeks ago to boldness that we can proclaim the gospel by laying hands on the sick, by demonstrating power. I don't see the coward once the Holy Ghost is in you. Hey, baby, it's time to go to work. Yeah. Amen? Come on. One of the things, is, and that 413 word, the guys that want to shut this down go, you know, it says they marveled. They must, these guys have been with Jesus. By the way they're acting, they must have been with Jesus. And I want, every day, I must have been with Jesus. I want that seen by other people so I can love on people. Do, do the very best to make a difference so that I give him glory because he's the one in me, Christ in me. He doeth the works. Amen? Okay. Are you having a good time? Okay. Because my goal is to so energize by the word and revelation to cause each one of our lives to blossom in such a way, what, wherever you're at, that more signs and wonders are done by your hands, that more prayers going up there, and that you're changing daily. Yeah. We're going to get a chance to babysit our little grandson Merritt overnight Monday. It's Mercedes' birthday. And her and her husband are going to go out on a date. And we get the little guy. How much of me can I get at him in that much time? Our youngest son, Mark, his uh, oldest boy is 14. He's going to be a freshman in high school. It's the first time the boys have been separated from schools, one in one, one in the other. And he's becoming a young man. And Mark had a stroke of brilliance. He got a hold of seven or eight of the men and women of God that have helped shape him the most and had us do a, just a four or five minute little video, words of encouragement, words of courage and wisdom as he goes into this new arena. And Mark took him out for breakfast. They worked out together. They went shopping for cool guy clothes for the high school. And they also sat down and watched this film and they said, Mark said it was fantastic. How much of you can you get into the people you love? How much of a difference maker can you be? Amen. I'm having a good time. In Hebrews 4, 2, it says, the word didn't... Oh, let's go. Hebrews 4, 4, 2. I want you so filled with testimonies how God used you this week yeah. on the job, at the store 
I've found it's fun to tip waiters and waitresses who aren't your waiter or waitress. You just tip that one too. I can tip one. I can, t I can tip two or three. Why not? Nobody does that. I do it. I have fun doing it. Lord, who? Yeah. Who? Seriously. I got a testimony on that one alone. We're in Cancun. There's a single mom with kids, and it's the first part of December before Christmas, and the husband had left her, and she really was hurting, and we ministered to her, and we were nice, and we always bring extra money, and it's the Lord, who do you want us to give this to? And so we gave her a $100 American tip. It's all inclusive. You don't have to tip. We gave number 20's way, but we gave her the 100 and tears poured out. She didn't have food for Christmas. She didn't have anything. $100 to her there is like 500 up here. And just lost it. And we're leaving the next day. And so, uh, I, as is my custom, I go down to the desk and make sure everything's taken care of so we can leave. And all of a sudden, the, the manager, you always tell the guy with the manager, his shirt doesn't have a wrinkle. White button-down collar, striped power tie, I am in charge guy. Can I talk to you? And I go, oh, no, what did I do this time? I really tried to, for the week I'm here, I've really tried to be a nice guy, but, what, oh, here we go. So he pulls me aside and goes, I know what you've been doing. Okay. Could you define what I'm doing? He says, he says I know you've been tipping our people, and I know you tipped and he named her. And I said, yeah. He said, uh, I want you to know, we know it. You and your wife don't treat us like employees that work at a place. You treat us like family. I said, you've become family. We've come here quite often and, and we just want to be able to know. He said, you ever need anything from me, all you got to do is ask. Next trip there, we had Mark, Desiree, and the boys, the whole family was there, and they have two towers. One's the older one, one's the brand new. We're in the brand new and that's where we want to be. But they put Mark in the old. And so to hang out, they would have to go down the slow elevator, come all the way over, come up. I mean, it's just, that's not going to happen. So I tried to get it switched. They said they were completely booked, and that couldn't happen. And I said, really? I went over to the concierge desk, and they said, is there any way this could be arranged? And she went and talked to the boss. Not only were they're over there, one floor underneath us, the boss changed everything to get that. I'm telling you, you do something here with a pure heart representing the kingdom. It is amazing the rippling effect, not just who you bless, but how blessings come back into your life. How people want to do good things for you. We didn't give that to knowing that that was going to happen. We, we were just us. We like to give. Amen? Hebrews 4.2 said, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, being not mixed in faith with them that heard it. It is possible to sit in a church and not mix faith with what you hear, and you will not bear fruit until you do. Faith, Jesus said in Mark 11, 23 and 24, this is what faith is and this is how you use it. You believe in your heart without a doubt, and you speak it out your mouth. You believe and you have corresponding actions. And so we renew our mind but I can study this like a, a course and not get anything in here. I'm a disciple. How about you? I'm a learner. I'm a pupil. I've got discipline in my life 
to do the things of God. Yeah. I, I like this one. Uh, I wrote it this way. You're either moving closer to Jesus or you're wasting your time. Yeah. To date Deborah and not get to know her? Yeah, we were in the same car. We ate at the same table, but we didn't talk. Yeah, we were on a date. We were together. We just didn't grow together. At the end of my day, no matter what goes on, it's always a chance she and I are out on the deck and we talk about life and our day out on the deck. That's what we like to do. I can go out on the deck and say nothing and it won't be what we do. We share our lives in that location. And you need to find a location at your home or mine was in my, my black van in the Batmobile. I'm out there. That was my prayer closet. Okay? Things can change. So you're either moving closer or you're wasting your time. Now the, the, the believers in Corinth were ticked off at Paul because they let their services get way out of hand. They're getting drunk at communion. They were showing uh, partiality to the rich against the poor, to the Jew, to the Greek. The church was needing a lot of correction. And you see that in uh, 1 Corinthians 10 and 11. And in 12, they start bringing a correction to how you use the gifts of the Spirit. Because everyone wanted to look, look at me, draw attention to themselves. The vocal gifts were out of control. And so chapter 14, he gives guidelines on how to bring it back. Well, the Corinth church, when they got this letter, were not real happy. Not real happy. Uh, they had a, a culture that Jews didn't mix with Gentiles. In the Gentiles, you had... Temple Diana in Ephesus, you had all this other stuff, and the sexuality was unbelievable. You would go give your offering in, uh, at, to the Temple Diana, and then you go have a drunken orgy as part of your church service. And they were bringing in some of the habits of the world into the church, and he's correcting them, and they're ticked off. So the next time Paul writes, and this will be in, uh, oh, he says in 1 Corinthians 9, 1 and 2, but it, in 2 Corinthians' first two chapters, it's all about the fact that you're in the kingdom is proof of my apostleship. You want to give me static? The fact that you got accepted into the kingdom of God is proof that I'm real. And that's what he tells them. The fact that you're in is because I am. Don't tell me I'm not. Don't question me. All these other new apostles are showing up with their own doctrines and stuff. The fact that you're in is because of my ministry. Amen? Yeah. In 2 Corinthians, oh, let's go to 2 Corinthians 12. Now, you can always uh, get a CD of the, today's message right through that door with yeah. Miss Deborah. At, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12. Truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Signs, wonders, mighty deeds. It's supposed to be part of our daily life. The word apostle just means a, you're on a commissioned assignment, an ambassador. So they sent the apostles out to start churches. That was their commissioning. It did not make them superstars over everybody else. 
you are an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Those are just gifts defining what I do. But I'm a disciple, same as everybody else. Well, you're an apostle. You're a prophet. Ooh, it's a commission. That's their job. That's how their gift works. But I would love to be Ananias, but Jesus appears to be in a vision. Rank and file guy. He was a disciple. A disciple. Amen? I have a ring on my hand, one from Deborah, our wedding, and someone already noticed this ring. This ring was given to me by James M. McGaffin, Jr., my father. He gave it to me when I was 18 years old, senior in high school. My mom gave him this ring when they got engaged. She got the diamond. She went and got him this. Okay? This is precious to me. You have stuff in your jewelry box or your house that are precious to you. But the scripture is very clear. Ah. That we have obtained like precious faith. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. We have obtained like precious faith. Well, I'm a Christian. Is it precious to you? Is it valuable to you? Your friendship with Jesus, is it important to you? Like precious faith. And is to me, and it's wonderful to be in a room where I know it is to all of us. It's valuable. It means something. Yeah. That relationship directs my whole life. Amen? Yeah. Okay. Uh, in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, uh, Paul's just talking about who he is. He says, I'm an apostle. I'm to the Gentiles. This is 2, 1 Timothy 2.7. And then 2 Timothy 1.11, he says, I'm appointed a preacher, a teacher, an apostle. He's teaching Timothy as a teacher does a student. Because he has the responsibility of the largest church in the world at that time in Ephesus. That's where Timothy was pastor. He's training and teaching him for his future. And what he writes is like a, he writes like a dear letter like we, we did for Xavier and you know, I gave them a couple nuggets, and it just meant so much. And they were the nuggets my dad gave me when I got to high school. Don't ever embarrass our name. Never let anybody else have control of your life. It means don't ride in the car where the buddies have been drinking. Stuff like that, because my cross-the-street kid that I grew up with for 12 years, he died, and I didn't go. He did. He died. In a drunken accident. Don't ever give your life into someone else's hands. Yeah. Don't. And don't embarrass the name. It's important. It says, let's go to Hebrews chapter 3. Verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, you're partakers of a heavenly calling. Consider the apostle and high priest of your profession or confession. Consider him. Every day, consider him. You walk out your door, you're representing the kingdom. You're on assignment. 
you know, I was reading some stuff on fathering, and uh, our society's got where it's so bad that the men are not in the home with the family for the family to learn from both mom and dad. And uh, the amount of, wow, I, I won't say it right, just like 85% difference in, uh, if you're in prison, 15% of them had dads in the home. 85% didn't. That's a stout statistic. I want to be a student of him, and I want people that I can influence to be students with me as we go and do this together. Amen? Amen. Oh. The apostles in Acts 8.18 laid hands on people and they got filled with the Holy Ghost. And when it was seen that that power went that way, the guy wanted to pay the apostles to get the power into his life. I just want you to look at your hands. When was the last time you thought if you put your hands on somebody, they get filled with the Holy Ghost talking in tongues? The last time you got your hands on somebody sick? When was the last time you got your hands on someone depressed? Students should not be depressed. When you press in the things of God, depression goes bye-bye. The closer you draw to Jesus, the further that thing gets away. Seriously. And like in Alcoholics Anonymous, and my friend started Fresh Hope, which is a mental, uh, a Christian Alcoholics Anonymous, to be a support group for people who are having mental problems, mostly depression. They're around people who are believing and getting out of it going forward in Jesus. A disciple shouldn't be depressed. It should be filled with joy. Amen? I can lay my hands on people and they get filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, I'm scared. What if nothing happens? What if it does? What if just a pat on the back or the hug of a person who's dealing with depression, you know how much that means to them? How important touch is? People who get depressed isolate. They have only the basic, what they have to do to interact with people, they isolate themselves. Can you break the, down the wall and just hug somebody? Just love them? Give them a high five, give them a knuckles! But get your hands on them. Amen? Now, uh, in Revelations chapter 2, verse 2, Jesus is evaluating the Ephesus church. He says, I know your work, I know your labor, and I know your patience. He then says, but you've left your first love. He also said that you uh, tried those who are apostles, and you found them not to be. You did what you needed to do, but you weren't drawing closer to the Lord. Now, I know more about Jesus than when I started, but do I have the same hunger for Jesus as I started, or do I just know more? I don't want to leave my first love. He saved me. I know exactly when he did it in my life. I was asked in a ministerial thing that was a cult that went all over the world, actually, and one of the questions was asked, what about burnout? What do you do about burnout? And I said, 
You want me to be totally honest with you? So I don't think about it. I, how can I get burned out loving Jesus? Yeah. If I do this in my own effort, I can, I can burn out. That's what Jesus is saying here. I know your work. It means it's produced by your efforts. I know your labor. It reflects your work. And then I use the word uh, patience there. It is to remain in the same spot, to hold your ground. The church held their ground. Liberty holds its ground, but are we in love with Jesus like we used to be? Do we want more? Do we really want to see people get healed? See him get born again? Do we really want the signs and wonders that he says we are to produce? In Mark 16, verses 15 through 20, Jesus is telling the church, I'm leaving, and I command you to preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick, and cast out demons. I command you to do it. A command's a command. Uh, when Colonel Felder commands his men, and they say, well, I really don't want to do that today. How does that go over, Colonel? Not very well. Okay? A command's a command. But you find in the command is the fulfillment of the promise. You know how exciting it is to know that you put your hand on somebody and they got healed? Do you know how important it is to pray for your family and they got car accident almost and nothing and they got saved? Protection, healing, favor, prosperity. How important that is every day. Yeah. Every day. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Just got a few more scriptures for you. Hopefully you're enjoying this. Oh, yeah. Because I am teaching, but I'm preaching, and my goal is to get every one of us out in the field and work. Yeah. And work. And, and see the lives changed. Can you imagine being the person that breaks down the wall when someone's depressed and isolating themselves? We're on vacation. Same hotel, Cancun. We know all the guys at the grill where you get your food and stuff like that. And we're going up the back steps up to the small pool. And we go right by the door, and the guy's in there. And I stop. I say, hey, what? there goes Jim again. I'm going to greet everybody. No problem. And he tells me he's leaving work, going home and killing himself today. He told me he was going, Deborah and I, he's going home and he's going to kill himself. He lost a loved one in the last year and he hadn't got over it. And he says, it's like a big cloud that just comes over me and I just want to die. And so, no, 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 no. We're going to pray and get the cloud off, first of all. Yeah. Second of all, we're going to get the word of God in him. And he was there the next time we came. And he refers to us, me, that's my pastor. I don't have a church there. I'm on vacation. I'm in a swimsuit, for crying out loud. I got a sunburn. But he called me his pastor. Only God can orchestrate that kind of movement in your day to get a hold of a person. 
I want you to be, when you realize God does that with your life, I want you to have the joy of obeying. Say, okay, Lord, where are they? What do you want me to do? Who is it? What can I, who can I bless? Who can I help? Who can I, show me, Lord, today. I know where we're going for lunch. I'm already excited to see some people. You bet. Just witness. Acts chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. This will be in the Amplified Version. There appeared unto them tongues of fire, which were uh, being distributed among them, and they rested on each one of them uh, as they received the Holy Spirit. And they were filled, all filled, that is, diffused throughout their being. Wall-to-wall Holy Ghost, not just a little section. You're wall-to-wall. Amen? With the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in other tongues, different languages, as the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak out clearly and appropriately. I just want to draw that out. That you got a relationship with someone. He's just not someone you call, you call on when you need $100 by Friday. Or... Bless the Lord and these are gifts which are about to receive from the body of the Christ, our Lord, amen. It means nothing. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to take it. I should die before I wake. I pray the Lord. It means nothing. What does is a relationship, a friendship, a respect, a Father God, but also Jesus, my Lord and my Savior. Jesus said, if I abide in him and he abides in me, then I will do greater works than he, because he goes to the Father. Greater works. Read the Gospels. He did okay. He wasn't 50 and 10. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He walked through throngs that wanted to kill him. He walked on water. Greater works are we supposed to do. Think on that just for a minute. Use your imagination. Come up with something that's a greater work. Amen. I just think. Two more scriptures. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. How Jesus went around doing good and healing all oppressed of the enemy. So I'm Chris Lowry. I'm Michael Felder. I'm Harlan Kosky going around doing good, doing good, doing good. It means a lot because this world does not do good to people. It takes stuff from them. It's do unto others and then get out of there. Okay? The world is full of selfishness and pride and taking. How about just doing good? How about letting the guy cut in front of you and smile instead of get mad at him? How about the guy that has 30 items in the item for 15 quick and you start counting the items? Why, why not? Well, okay, I know this bozo is doing this. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to smile anyhow. I'm going to smile. Really? Yeah, I'm going to smile. Do something nice. Go around doing good. Healing all oppressed. Oppressed. You're doing good and healing. You are destroying the work of the enemy. He's losing ground. You're holding your beachhead. You're advancing in the role of what he asked you to do. Every one of us. 
And I, I don't mind, I don't think Jesus was a, a, a fuddy-duddy or a, I'm religious. No, the kids wanted to be around him, so you can't do that. Okay? We had the picnic last week. The kids are out in that sprinkler system we had. I greeted every one of those kids personally out there having fun with them. The Felder boys weren't going to leave until he got a fist pump. They had to come back and get it. You know what? They like me. And I like them. Doing good and touching lives make a difference. Make a difference. Okay? Last scripture that I, at this point. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm a disciple, aren't you? Well, I'm a Christian. I understand what they're saying, but anybody can... I'm a Lutheran. I'm a Methodist. I'm a Catholic. I'm a Christian. It covers everything. Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? That is the difference maker to the... Hey, Susan must have been with Jesus because I see Jesus moving through her. Tony must have been with Jesus this morning because... God's using him. Must have been with Jesus today. A disciple, a student, a learner, growing. Now, the interesting thing, uh, I don't know, Michael, you, you fly, but you don't steer the plane, right? Can you fly a jet? You don't? Not currently. My point is this. Michael could be in, in a room with a machine and practice flying. And he can get the best score anybody ever got on the simulator. But every one of us can be in here and get a perfect score. But we're going to have to get in the plane and fly it. Nice thing is you have a co-pilot. But the fun is taking off. We had a family in the church years ago. They since moved. And dear friends, Mike and Ruth Crotts. And uh, Mike likes biplanes. He's in the Air Force. And those are the double wings. He's in competition. Those are the ones you see where they have machine guns up there and they're shooting and uh, you have the glass that only goes here but it's open air. He took me up. Now, my idea of just a huge amusement park ride is the log ride. Anything other than log ride, I don't need that. Mike gets trophies for doing this. I'm strapped in, and now I find myself upside down. He does a number of things and some kind of roll and all this other. To him, this is just wonderful. I, I'm, my prayer was that I don't throw up on myself. <laughs> and afterwards, we're going to lunch, and they had... Frank's and uh, corned beef and sauerkraut on that stomach. It was a miracle I kept anything in. But I set my faith that I was going to do it. But he rolled me. The only thing stopping me from beating the ground shortly are those two straps over me. And it's no big deal to him. But I it wasn't on a simulator. This was real. By the way, he positioned me, he let me fly the plane with the stick between my legs that you keep the nose up just a little bit. I got to fly it for a little bit. Scary as all get out. But you know what? I got off the ground and I actually did it. I got out of church and I actually 
did it. The co-pilot will be right there with you, helping you all the time. It says in Luke 12, 12, the Holy Spirit will tell you what you ought to say at that very same hour. So if I don't have the right words, he'll give me the... I'll knock at the door, and if someone will open in their heart, I'll share Jesus with them. I don't shove him down anyone's throat, but I don't back off either. Amen? 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17 and 18. Now I'm going to go to the Amplified for this because it's really great. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage, and true freedom. We gather, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom here. You don't have to be in depression. You don't have to be in self-hatred. You don't have to do these things. There's freedom here to be who you are in Christ and leave here and go victoriously. You will decide in your own heart. No different than if you don't know Jesus as your Savior. While I was a Lutheran, I was a Catholic. Don't even go there. I just want you to know that do you know that you know that you know in your life you met the man and said, please become a, wash me from my sins, I give you my life. That's getting born again. That's not becoming a Lutheran or a Baptist. That's getting born again. And every person in here needs to have done that. And that freedom that he's speaking of here is yours. And we all, with unveiled face, continually seeing, like we're looking in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are progressively and being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to even more glory, which comes from the Lord, who is that spirit. We're transformed. Now, I'm not the Hulk, but I watch the movies and TV show, and I can go from being David Banner to... That's called being transformed. Tony Stark can get his Iron Man suit on. We are to be transformed every day in the Holy Spirit to be more and more like Jesus and understand His glory and His presence in us. Every one of us. You then don't get tired. You don't get burned out. You don't get resentful. And I can go on and on with those terms. You don't go down that road. You go down the road where He loves you. He heals you. He has plans for you, it says in Isaiah. Plans that are good for you and not evil. God loves us. And he loves me. Nothing says, no, dude, go to Romans 8. I'll finish with that one. Yes, sir. Romans 8. And we're at verse 36. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted like sheep for the slaughter. No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. No, I'm not being slaughtered. I'm winning. John Wayne, there must be some mistake. You made it. I'm locked in. I'm going to win in Jesus. No matter what comes my way, I'm going to win. Why? Because knowing all these things, I'm more than a conqueror through him that loves us. I am persuaded neither death, nor life, 
angels, principalities, powers, anything present or anything else to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ. The world can throw it at us, don't care. I'm still going to win, I'm still going to come out, and nothing's going to separate me from the love of God, because I know He loves me, and I love Him, and it's a done deal. Not up for bargaining. I am blessed to have children that know Jesus, all of them. I know ministers that have kids that don't. And I just say, we made sure our kids saw Jesus daily, not just at church where dad works. They saw him daily. Why is dad crying in the living room? He's praying for someone. Why is dad crying? Why does mom do that? They're going to see Jesus daily. And nothing separate any one of us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And hopefully the revelation that he can't separate us from loving each other. We're told to quit the backbiting, quit the division, the schisms, preferring one another. We're supposed to love one another. I have to love you like I love Jesus. Bingo. We're disciples, not just Christians. We're disciples of Jesus Christ. And I study to show myself approved, a workman. I stir up the gift within me. And I'll, I've heard it, and I'll, the second time I'll address it. Anyone in here who has felt all by themselves and lonely, I want you to know that he can greet you, meet you, deal with you right where you're at. I'm living proof of having my leg cut off and waking up from that operation and being by myself for the next three hours. I don't think I've ever felt more, if you will, alone, helpless, whatever, but I was never alone. Never. I'm not bragging, I'm just saying whatever life had thrown at me and throws at you, he's right there. Be the disciple, be the student. Because you're going to grow. He'll teach you. He'll show you. Amen? Amen. I hope you got something out of there. I've just been itching for two weeks to do that because I don't want to leave a church on a Sunday afternoon and not have anything to work with and win with for the week. I want to get you up in the plane and fly it. Let's do a couple rolls. You have no idea... When he said, hey, how would you like to do a couple rolls? I didn't even get an answer. He just did it. Because I always said, no, no, that's okay, Mike. You don't have to do that. <laughs> Whoa, that's, that's more than any roller coaster dip at King's Island. No, I went down the beast. No, that doesn't even touch that, what he did to me. And he's laughing. He thinks it's great. I want you to have a good time being a student. I want you to have fun. I want that smile on your face. I hate these masks because I want to see smiles. I want to give them mine. So you learn to talk even more with your eyes when you have to. But you, you got a job to do when we leave here. We're going to, uh, ushers are going to bring communion to you. Okay.
everyone in here, what Pastor Brandon was talking about in the songs that were chosen, I didn't talk to him, but he chose two songs that are right in the thick of the message. <laughs> so, communion is what we have in common with each other because we're in common with him. And it's important that I watch you take it and you watch me and we identify with one another. It doesn't exactly say how they did it at the Last Supper. Did they all drink of one cup? We can't do that. But we all have some. Was it leavened bread or did you drop something again? Or was it just that? Would someone drop something? It's rolling up here. <laughs> I'm just watching. You. I did a wedding one time at the little church, and I dropped the wedding ring. And it rolled halfway down the, the length of this building, halfway down the center island, and everybody's looking at it. Would someone uh, get me the ring, please, and bring it back up? Have fun at church, guys. Enjoy yourself. We all have communion. I don't have any. No, you got you. That's yours. Okay. They're going back to get them. Oh, okay. I'll be glad to do that. Let's see. No problem. Just got a little bit of bread. Just would like to make it a little different so that you remember it. Everyone taking communion is going to leave this building and go do our job. Everyone. Filled with the power of God, excited to do it, I got to be the instructor to Mark on casting out demons. We had a guy who looked like a woolly bear from, you know, one of those grizzly shows. And uh, Wolfman is what one of the, the kids called him. And first service, he comes up at the end and he starts growling at me. He, how many would know that might be a clue, you got a problem? Well, my lightning fast mind said, okay. So I decided to have fun with it. Mark and James were in the back row at the, in the gymnasium talking, and I yelled, Mark, come here. Mark come running up. He sat down and said, I'm going to cast the devil out of this guy. You ought to fun, have fun and watch so you can do it. He goes, really? I said, yeah, just this will be fun. And so I took authority over. He cast it out. He got set free, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost right there. But Mark got, he's 12 or 13. He got to watch it. Half the fun is in sharing the testimony and the uniqueness of your life with other people and encouragement that you can be to one another. Now, take the bread. Remember, I used it last week, the scripture. His visage, his, not only was he beaten and whipped and everything else, but at the end, all sickness and disease was on his body. They couldn't even tell he was a man says. He gave his body for each one of us. He took that on and took the stripes for our healing with his body.
Go ahead and receive it. The type and shadow of the cup is the blood over the doorpost in Egypt so that their kids would live and not die. Blood, it says, without, the remission, or without blood there's no remission of sin. Every one of us um, miss the mark on a daily basis. Do you or do you not? Okay. But by taking this often, I'm reminded that all my sins are forgiven. Yeah. Not just the ones of the day. He already took care of the ones for my next 20 years. All of them. When I take the blood, all my sins and yours for your life are taken care of. Go ahead. When someone does something nice for me, uh, you want to remember it. When was the last time you said thank you to Jesus for something nice he did for you? Got a short song. Because sometimes I don't know how to say thank you. You got it, Nick? Okay, just... Just had communion. You're going to leave here and you're going to go to work. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We always want to encourage those of you who have a story of how God is working in your life through this ministry to send us an email to amen at libertyofomaha.com. For more information on Liberty Church, visit libertyofomaha.com. Thanks for joining us and have a credible week.